Unfolding the eternal excellences, the hidden insights of the truth and the depth of the riches of wisdom and knowledge. The Bible says, I have cleansed thee by the word. I have not pointed to your weaknesses. He says, I have cleansed thee by the word. I have pointed to your strength. And this is your strength, that I am Christ in you, the hope of glory. The glory of freedom, the glimpses into eternity. The gospel is not supposed to be an assumption. It's not supposed to be just a mere presupposition. Truth is older than language, but the word of God is way deeper than any human language. And now, Apostle Grace with the word. Isaiah 55, in the sixth verse, Isaiah tells us to seek the Lord while he may be found and call upon him while he is near. To seek the Lord while he may be found and to call upon him while he's near. Isaiah is giving us a mind on how we should seek God. One, that we should seek God while he should be found, that we should call upon him while he is near. And then he goes deeply to help us understand how to seek this God, how to call upon this God. Remember, the Bible has told us the true seeker. The true seeker, the Bible says, shall seek the Lord in spirit and in truth. The seeking of the Lord is not about how much a man screams in their prayer. The seeking of the Lord is not how pale your face is and how you, you know, cringe your muscles of the face and convince people that you have been with the Lord. The seeking of the Lord is not the days that a man spends on a prayer mountain and isolates themselves from people because it's possible to seek another God, to deal with a familiar spirit, to pray from lower places, you know. Seeking God comes with a certain understanding. The Bible says that he is the rewarder of them that diligently seek him. It is not possible for a man to be a true seeker of God and he's not rewarded by the God he seeks. Or at least, if you assume that you seek God, then you must have the results of a seeker. I know many believers out there who say, I seek God, I seek God. I've been seeking God, but I failed to get healed. I've been seeking God, but I failed to, you know, settle in marriage. I've been seeking God, but I failed to progress. My ministry has failed to grow. I've been seeking God. And they say, I've been seeking God. But you see, when Jesus tells a Samarian woman, that you don't know what you seek or who you seek. You know not whom you worship. It's possible for somebody to seek a God they actually do not know. And because they are seeking in a vain imagination, they will not have the results or the answer of a true seeker. Somebody shout hallelujah. And this is a truth that if you truly seek God, if you seek God in spirit and in truth, you will see him. You will see him. The Bible says you shall seek me and find me if you seek me with all your heart. God is available for us. In this text he has said he is not far. In this text he has said while he can still be found and he is still findable until the day when we see that rapture because there's a time after the rapture, when the beast will be given power for seven years in what we call the tribulation, there God will not be as available as he should. But until the rapture, this portion of scripture is true. 
while yet even then in the tribulation, the Bible says, he that seeketh shall understand. He that readeth shall understand. And when they come to the understanding, many of them shall receive him as their Lord and Savior, although they will not be able to have the full function or the full rights that are given a believer in that time. Somebody shout, Amen. Now, he's showing us how we should seek him. I'm going to show us how we should seek him. And he says, verse 7, let the wicked forsake his way, comma, and the unrighteous man his thoughts, and let him return to the Lord, and he will have mercy upon him and to our God, for he will abundantly work. Pardon. Now listen, he has told the wicked man to forsake his way, comma, and the unrighteous man his thoughts. Of course the wicked is unrighteous. It's the same thing, right? So he's literally telling the man which is wicked, forsake your way, comma, and change or allow God to deal with your thoughts such that he can give you another kind of thoughts, another way to see life. Forsake your ways, forsake your thoughts. Ways and thoughts are simultaneous. They go hand in hand. You think as you do, or you do as you think. Is that true? Now, let's go deep here. Verses 8, now this is God introducing himself. He gives us the true order, right? In verses 7, he said, forsake your ways and your thoughts. In verses 8, the order is switched. He says, for my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are your ways my ways. Somebody shout amen. Neither your ways, my ways. Your thoughts are not my thoughts, neither your ways, my ways. Now God is giving us the real order. He's saying it firstly begins with your thought process. It begins with how you are wired in your thinking. And your wiring in the thinking defines your ways. So God is telling them the challenge I have with you in seeking me to find me because I'm available and near to you. The challenge I find with you is that your ways are so far from my ways because your thoughts are so far from my thoughts. So when he says, for my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither your ways, my ways, said the Lord. In fact, when you study the Hebrew there, it has no word neither. The closest word actually is therefore. This portion of scripture would read like, for my thoughts are not your thoughts, therefore your ways are not my ways. So because you think differently, your ways are different. Because you don't have my thoughts, therefore your ways are not my ways. But he's calling them to seek him. Do you know how many people misinterpret that portion of scripture? To say <laughs> that the way God thinks is not the way you think. And so align yourself and stop judging him for thinking the way he's thinking and you thinking the way you're thinking. The way God does his stuff, his ways, is not the way you do your stuff, your ways. So stop judging God on the way he does his stuff and the way you do your stuff. And then they give the excuse of that portion of scripture, like I said, that many people perish because they do not understand the scriptures. They don't understand the power. We err, he said, because we know not the scriptures, nor the power. Of God. So people get that Isaiah 55 verses 8 and then they use that to say, you know, 
For example, you could fall sick and then die before your time. And because you've died before your time, somebody says, you know, we might not judge God on what he was thinking to take him early or her early. Indeed, his thoughts are not our thoughts. No, his ways are ways. There's a wrong interpretation of that portion of scripture. And I'm going to prove it to you in a few minutes. You're going to love what God was telling us. Somebody shout amen. So, some people say, oh, you know, I wanted this job and I didn't get it. His thoughts are not my thoughts, neither his ways, my ways. Oh, I wanted to settle down at this age and, you know, instead I got married finally at 68. His thoughts are not my thoughts, neither his ways, my ways. And right in there, this woman could have dealt with a demonic spirit, a demon spirit that had frustrated her destiny to settle. And then she thinks that it was the thought of God for her to stay in that bondage and get married late. And the mistakes and frustrations that have come with that are unbearable because his thoughts are not her thoughts, neither his ways, her ways. This is not the right way to interpret this portion of scripture. Remember, he's calling them to think like him, to live like him. The scripture below has told you, seek me while I may be found. He says, call upon me while I'm still near. Why? Because the wicked man's ways are not my ways as God. The, wicked, the unrighteous man's thoughts are not my thoughts as God. And I'm asking him to forsake his ways and forsake his thoughts. So if God is telling him to forsake his ways and forsake his thoughts, the wicked man, what does that mean? He's telling the man that you can actually have a certain kind of thought and a certain kind of way of doing things. And then he now goes further to help us explain what he means. Verses 9. He says, for as the heavens are higher than the earth, he says, so are my ways higher than your ways. He's talking to the wicked man, the unrighteous man. And he says, and my thoughts than your thoughts. The way I see things and think is far as the heavens are from the earth. The way I do things is far as the heavens are the earth from the way you do things. So he's trying to help this fallen, unrighteous, wicked carnal man to make him understand you are so far from my thoughts you are so far from my ways and he's saying I want you to understand the way I work he says verses 10 for as the rain cometh down and the snow from heaven and returneth not thither but watereth the earth and maketh it bring forth and bud that it may give seed to the sower and bread to the eater he says so shall my word be that goeth out of my mouth it shall not return unto me void, but it shall accomplish that which I please, and it shall prosper in the thing where I send it unto. It shall prosper in the thing where I send it unto. He says, you shall go out with joy, and you shall be led forth with peace. He says, the mountains and the hills shall break forth before you into singing, and all the trees of the field shall clap their hands. Those are people. Instead of the thorn, you shall come up with a field tree. And instead of the barrier, you shall come up with a middle tree and it shall be to the Lord for a name, for an everlasting sign that shall not be cut off. Ah, let me explain this. He's saying, I have a challenge in explaining to you how my word works. 
Your thoughts are not my thoughts. Your ways are not my ways. They're so far as is the heavens from the earth. And he's saying, seek me and understand this. So he tries to give us a very good picture of how his word works. He says, like the rain comes down and waters the earth and it brings forth fruit and buds that the seed might come out for the sower and bread for the eater. Like I send down rain and it should hit the ground. And if a man has planted the seed, that seed will bud and bring out fruit for a man to eat. So is my word. It cannot return to me void. If it goes out of my mouth, it shall return to me with an accomplishment of that which I please and it shall prosper in the thing where I send it. He's trying to tell you my word is true. He's trying to tell you Change your thoughts, change your ways and understand how I work. If I have said that you are prosperous, you must be prosperous. If I have said that you were healed, you must heal. If I have said that you are a victor, my word has meant it. You are a victor. Like rain comes from up and waters the ground. And when it touches the ground, the plants and the seeds have to bud whatever is planted therein. He says, so is my word. It does not return to me void. If you believe the word and it did not work with you, you have a problem with the way you think. You have a problem with the way you act, but it's not my problem. My word will always work. It's true. He's trying to tell you. You see, people give excuses for walking in truth. Oh, I should have defeated this habit. But you know, you know, even though God has said that, I, I will defeat it. I think I'll defeat it next year. You know, it's hard for me. It's so tight. I've failed to defeat it. Oh, I'm sick in my body. I've believed God for healing. I've struggled with hypertension for years. And you know, maybe it's the will of, oh, 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 look at how you're thinking. Maybe it's the will of God. Maybe it's the way of God for me to be diabetic. Maybe it's the way of God to humble me by carrying this virus in my body. Maybe it is the way of God to keep me as a minister by bringing this poverty in my life therefore I'm poor says that I would serve him better God has said you're thinking so far from where I'm thinking and if you want to know where I'm thinking from and where you are as far as the heaven from the earth you are so far and God calls that wicked and unrighteous God calls that wicked and unrighteous why because the Bible says that a righteous man is right in his thoughts. Somebody shout hallelujah. A righteous man is right in his dealing. A righteous man is right in how he thinks. Proverbs 12 verses 5. He says the thoughts of the righteous are right. They cannot be evil. They cannot be indifferent. The thoughts of a righteous man are supposed to think right. And the Hebrew word there for right is they're supposed to be aligned to divine judgment. The thoughts of a righteous man are supposed to be aligned to divine judgment. You are supposed to think as God judges, not as how you judge, to think that because it did not work, therefore God doesn't work or it wasn't the will of God for it to work because if it was the will of God, it should have worked. No, that's your thinking. That's your way. And do you know, when you continuously think like that, you start to pattern your way around your thoughts. So many of you out there have failed to have God's best not because it's not available, no, his word failing, but because you have failed to think the right thoughts and therefore do the right works because you cannot walk in the right ways without the right thoughts. It's not possible. It begins with how your thinking is. 
That is why when he tells you, do not be conformed to this world, but be ye renewed and be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Be transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove that which is good, acceptable, and perfect as the will of God. He's telling you, my problem with you, brother, my problem with you, sister, is that your mind, your thoughts are not renewed. You're not thinking the way you're supposed to think. Therefore, if I can make a man think right, I'll transform them. Oh, did somebody get it? Have you seen that some things don't exist in the prayer realm? Because I know people who pray, but they have a very warped thinking. They're very deceived in how they see God. Am I against prayer? No, I'm a man of prayer. <laughs> I pray probably more than many of you can assume. I fast more than many of you can assume because there are things that exist in the realm of prayer. But there are also things that just exist in the realm of knowledge. God has said transformational power believes with the renewing of the mind. Now go and fast, mister. Go and set aside your days of prayer. I don't care how many. If you do not reconcile the place of knowledge and understanding, you'll fast yourself to bones. I know a guy who fasted until he died. That wasn't the will of God for him to die fasting. There was a man indifferent to the way of God. Somebody shout hallelujah. Shout amen. So he's telling them, my thoughts are not your thoughts. Your ways are far. Can you imagine that a man who is wicked, the scriptures have said, a man who is unrighteous, the scriptures have said, a man who is carnal. Can you imagine how far heaven is from the earth? Can you imagine you thinking there and God is thinking here, but you're worshiping that God every Monday, every Tuesday, every Wednesday, every Thursday. You are praying to the same God, yet you are far in thought. What is God's mind on this? He says in Jeremiah, we all know that famous scripture, 29, 11. He says, for I know the thoughts that I have for you. And I'm going to bring in something deep here. He said, I know the thoughts I have for you. And the thoughts that I think toward you are thoughts of peace and not of evil. They're thoughts of peace and not of evil. That means you... Like Isaiah has said, 55 to, you shall go out in peace. You will go out in joy and you shall be led in peace. Somebody shout hallelujah, glory to God. He has told us that we shall go out with peace. In verses 12, we shall go out in joy. He says the mountains will leap, the trees will clap. And towards the end, he tells you, I will give you all that you have expected. My mind there, as Isaiah has repeated it and Jeremiah saw it, the two prophets saw it, that the thoughts God has towards man are thoughts of peace. And he says, those thoughts, those thoughts, those thoughts that I think toward you every day are there to give you peace. They're there to make you happy, to give you a good marriage to give you a good ministry, to keep you healthy and not of evil, to give you an expected end. I'm there to work with your expectation. Firstly, to give you a certain expectation and work with it to make sure that you see it with your very own eyes. And may I pray in the name of Jesus Christ that whoever is at the sound of my voice, may your expectation be not cut short. May whatever you expect come the way you expect it. 
Bible says, for surely there is an end and your expectation shall not be cut short. Proverbs 23 verses 18. Your expectation will not be cut short. If you expect to live a full life, I decree upon your life that you will live a full life. If you expect to build this coming year, I decree upon your life that you will build this coming year. But I don't have a job, pastor. I don't have anything. I don't even have capital. Who cares about capital? Look at where you're thinking. The earth and its fullness are the Lord's. He says, you come to me and buy without money. He's trying to say, I don't need your money to build you. I don't need your connections to establish you. But you see how far you're thinking. See how far your thoughts are from mine. Do you think you need a white man to come and fund you to be a successful ministry? Do you think that you need a certain degree to have a certain job, to have a master's, to do a certain job, that if you don't have a certain doctorate, you'll not be, you know, qualified for something? That's how you're thinking. That's not how God is thinking. That's your thoughts. They're not his thoughts. They're not his thoughts. In the Bible, he has told us you can buy without money. That's his word. It is true. He has said it. He has said it. And he says, as the rain comes from up and watereth the earth, and then brings forth for a seed for the sower and bread for the eater, and plants grow because the rain has watered the earth. He says, so is my word. There is no way rain can fall on a good ground and this plant does not grow to bring fruit. That's what he's saying. This word is still true. It shall accomplish whatever he sends it out as it pleases. And it shall prosper in the thing he has sent it. Who is the thing? Me. So that means the word of God must prosper in your life. But for it to prosper, he says, I need you to align your thoughts to the way I think. And your ways to the way I do my life. Somebody shout hallelujah. I know this is a far thing because some people think, ah, you can never think like God. Come on, are you God? <laughs> Ooh. But this is not me. This is God. Ladies and gentlemen, I'm preaching truth here. That's why many people don't agree with us. Because it is too much for them to assume that God wants that reconciliation of thought and way. Somebody shout hallelujah, glory to God. Now, he's telling us here that the thoughts I have towards you are peace. Refuse to hear or listen to anything that takes away your peace. Even if it comes through an angel. Refuse to receive reports of evil. It ain't matter how shining the angel comes. Or how holy the man of God appears. Refuse any thought that is contrary to how God thinks about you regardless of who brings it. Because he said, I know the thoughts that I have towards you. If you want a clue of how I think about you, think about peace. That's what I think about you. Peace in your body. Peace in your marriage. Peace in your ministry. Peace in your mind. Eh? I met a believer recently who told me, you know, I've been living with bipolar for quite some time and, you know, I need to help people accept it. And I said, help who? Accept what? Is that what God thinks towards you? That you were called in the world to help people cope with bipolar? No, God did not call anybody to teach people to cope with disease because he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him. Our peace, our peace, yes. And by his stripes, ye were healed. So the reason why you don't have that job yet, the reason why you're not driving that car yet, the reason why you're not living in that house, 
The reason why you're not serving God as you should, the reason why you're not walking in the anointing that is available for you, the reason why you're not winning souls for God and you think it's impossible or hard, it is because your thoughts are far from his thoughts. You're looking at God's harvest <laughs> as though it's not a harvest yet. That's why you don't win souls. See how God thinks. And he has given you a clue of his thoughts. He says, my thoughts for you are of peace. They are not of evil. They're there to give you an expected end. Isaiah towards the end told us, you shall go out with joy and be led forth with peace. You see, and in verses 13, instead of the thorn, you shall come up with a field tree. And instead of the barrier, you shall come up with a middle tree. And it shall be the Lord for a name for an everlasting sign that shall not be cut off. Does that connect to Jeremiah 29? Here, this blessing is not cut short. That means God wants to establish you in something that will not cease. It's not just seasonal. It's lifetime and can be passed into the next generation if you know how to do it. You understand what I'm saying? The same thing he said in Jeremiah to give you an expected end. That means that the things God wants to do in your life, he didn't want to do them for a season and then take them away. No. He wants to do it in you for the rest of your life and if you know how, transfer it as a preserved posterity to your children and your children's children. We have seen God before make covenants with men and then he even introduces or includes their children and their children's children. He gave a covenant to Abraham. And when he did, he involves us too. We are part of that covenant. Somebody shout hallelujah. Shout glory to God. But here's the challenge. Your thoughts are far from his thoughts. Your ways are far from his ways. And you assume that you will accept them and live life that way. And they're saying, that's not how I've called you. You're seeking me wrongly. This is how to seek me. In 1 Corinthians, the second chapter, if you read the Amplified Version, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. somebody scream a bit. He says, in 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 16, if you read the Amplified, for who has known or understood the mind, the counsels and the purposes of the Lord as to guide and instruct him and give him knowledge? He's asking a question. The same thing that the guy who interprets Isaiah 55, 8 thinks can you know the thoughts of God? Can you understand the mind of God? Can you understand the counsel of God? Can you, you know, deal with him? Listen, he's asking. And the next verse, he says, but we have the mind of Christ and do hold, listen, the thoughts, in brackets, the feelings and purposes of his heart. What a powerful, 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 powerful revelation. So in the mystery of the new birth, the regenerated experience, the life of the new creation, the present truth, he's saying why Jesus shed his blood and was raised from the dead. I wanted to make sure that I give you my mind, that I give you my thoughts, that you don't think as I would think, no, but that you would think as I think, present, continuous, real time. That means everything about the person of Jesus Christ and the understanding of the New Testament is to align your thought to how God 
thinks and to align your ways in how God acts. Hey, now I have the conversation. Now I have the conversation. If God was told by somebody that he had cancer, how would God think? Answer me. How would God think? If somebody told God, God, you have cancer, how would he think? He would laugh. That's why you're laughing. You know why? How? You see what I'm saying? And God says, I can fill you with my word to a place where you'd think exactly that if the doctor ever said it. But we are human beings. Look how far you're thinking. Look where you are. Look where you are. Look where you are. Look where you are, brother. Look where you are. Look how far heaven and earth, how far. Somebody shout hallelujah. So when the Bible says, draw nigh to me and I shall draw nigh to you. He's talking about thoughts. He's not about just a physical drawing because God then need proximity for you to access him. But he's saying, come closer to how I think. He says, cleanse your hands, purify your hearts, you double-minded people, he says. You double-minded people, James 4, 8. You double-minded people. You see? He's saying the way you are thinking and the way I'm thinking, these things are so far, okay? Uh-huh. You tell God that you have insufficient funds <laughs> to buy this. What would God act like? I mean, how would he think? Is it even possible for God to lack? It's not possible for God to lack. And to even imagine that he wants to invite you into the same thought. He's actually saying even better, you have it. You've just refused to let it work. He's not telling you to get it. He says it's already in your system. By the essence of the person of the Holy Spirit dwelling in you, Christ dwelling in your hearts through faith, you being deeply rooted and grounded in him. When you get to understand what Jesus is doing in you, all he has is to just have that mind. Oh, you go next to a sick man and you look at him and then the mind of God is in there. Are you hearing me? And then you just find yourself saying, you are healed. Because that's what Jesus would do. Somebody shout hallelujah. Shout glory to God. How can I be sick? How can I be sick? How can I be sick? No, I don't care how you're feeling. How can you accept it that you are asthmatic? How do you even put it in your head that you have fibroids? How? Who told you? Look at how far you're thinking. Oh, but you know, we're human beings even though Jesus Christ is in us. Listen, I told people, if Jesus had fallen sick at some point in life and they wrote it, I would have accepted sickness. But even while he had to grow in wisdom and stature, because he had that God DNA inside him, God would not even let a flu. You never had it. And then Jesus' temperature rose high and Mary took him to Elizabeth for she knew a certain diviner who could help him lower the temperature. Nah. Nah, even when the man had not yet gotten into that place of doing signs, miracles, and wonders, there was something in him eh, that even though he is not yet ready to heal the sick because it's not the time to heal the sick, there was still something that kept him. It would not allow him to fall sick. Eh? You know, one time I had people saying, you know, the anointing is not for you. 
It's for the people God has given you. And I used to think it's true many years ago because my thoughts were far. And then one day God asked me a question as my fellowship. And he said, would I be so dumb to put something in you that benefits others but can't feed you? It's like giving you water in you and you're able to give people water but that water cannot benefit your body. Eh, 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 I was free. I was free. So like I would lay hands on the sick, I also get this very hand. Are you hearing me? And I say, Are you hearing me? And the moment I do that, if the pain is still there, the mind switches on. That real mind, that the pain can't be there. <laughs> Woo! The pain can't be what? It can't be there. If it increases, the mind that is switched on is telling me, you're actually being repaired. Everything missing is being put in place like a blacksmith eh? trying to what? To shape a weapon. My God, my God, he's telling you this is the mind. When the scripture says, let this mind be in you as we're in Christ, it means it's very possible to carry the same mind Jesus Christ carries. It's possible. Philippians 2.5, let this mind be in you, which was in Christ. Let this mind be in you, which was in Christ. Are you hearing me? COVID. COVID. Now, I know there's a Christian right now saying, look at this guy. He's going to kill people for nothing. No, I don't blame you. You're far. Like heaven is from the earth. That's where you are. And because these are two abodes, we're in two different worlds. They say, they think they have a special world far from us. We don't think. We know that we are different from you. Are you listening? So what if you wake up with the symptoms and then it hits you? Are you hearing me? What do you do? God has said, just give me the mind. In anything... Let me keep your mind. Let me have the same mind with you. Listen, don't fear who can destroy the body, but that which can destroy the soul. Don't be intimidated by anything. Let me tell you, I know a man who went to hospital and the report that came from hospital said that when they checked his body, it was impossible for him to be alive, but he was alive. So, by what power? Do you know how many people have died and then they say, but he had just had a checkup and everything was normal. Many died the next day. He was a healthy fellow and the next day he died. And then we also have those stories, those of you who have grown up in different communities, you've seen somebody who, when you shifted in the same place, they looked like they were going to die and they're still alive. They look like they're going to die, but they don't die. And then the healthy guy dies the next day. Why? Because one man has a different thought pattern and process from another. Yet some of those are not even born again. They're Muslim. They're different, you know, sects of faith. Now, God has said, I want to invite you into my mind, into the way I see, into the way I do life, into the way I plan, into the way I dream. Listen, let me give you an example. Creation. The Bible says, <laughs> in the beginning, the earth was void. 
was empty. It was dark. Darkness was on the face of the deep and the Spirit of God was moving upon the earth. And God said, let there be light. It just came from his thought. Let there be light. And the Bible says, and there was light. And he is telling you, you can actually get to the level where you can think exactly like me. And my word, because it must accomplish that which I please, and it must prosper in you in whom I sent it. We are entering a time where a man will stand on Ginger Road and say, let there be a building. Ah, <laughs> look at how people are thinking. Then somebody say, building? Why? Because you have a process in your head. You have a process. Let me say something. Recently, the Spirit of God was talking to me about how fallen man is. And God told me, the reason why I don't work the way I should work in your lives is because many of my children are dealing from a fallen nature and understanding of creation and life. God gave me a simple example and told me that look at gold. Gold is one of the most valuable metals in the world. Little small ring can cost up to $1,000, $2,000, You understand? Gold. A kilo of gold is, I don't know, $45,000, $48,000 and above. A kilo. Then he says, in heaven, there are streets of gold. He gave us an example. In heaven, Gold is not a value. Gold is a building material. In heaven, it's like your bars, your cement, your brick. In gold, everything is in gold. He says the street of the city was pure gold. So he says, what you fight for as value on the earth, in heaven is something people walk on, tread on. Are you hearing me? They just walk on. It's so useless that they walk on it. Are you hearing me? Listen, when Solomon was building the temple, what did he use? Gold. They say in the days of Solomon, even his servants drank in bronze or golden cups. Servants, a normal servant in Solomon's day. You understand? It was not a miracle to have a golden cup. Somebody shout hallelujah. Glory to God. In Solomon's day, it was not a miracle to see gold because they were using it to build. Now, if a man is using gold to build as a building material, that means it doesn't have value for him to hide it. But today, people are killing each other for gold. They give her a golden ring and she faints. Are you hearing? It's the currency of value. Men, you know, since the blockchain technology, bitcoins are against gold. Men are reserving gold now. But at one time in life, Gold was like any other metal. Are you hearing me? Now, if it is the one metal for currency, for any value, against any value of money, 
It is the one most trusted metal for any currency or value of money. What is money to God? What is money to God? That is why he put money to the worst slave and servant above anything in the world. And he said, money answereth all things, not just people, all things. Even a mosquito can command money if it knows how. But there's a believer believing God for rent. There's a believer saying, radaba, rob, rent, come. Rent, come. And rent has refused. Money has refused. Money has refused. Money has refused. Let me tell you, when I understood this, because it's been a journey of many years of seeing how God sees things, that's why I'm so dead to money. Those of you who know me, I am so dead to money. And no man can bear witness that I have ever made a personal need of something I'm able to. I mean, it's not even possible. How? I don't have that consciousness. You understand what I'm saying? I'm building this mind every day. Come on, somebody, 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 somebody. Catch this, catch this, catch this. So what if it's not yet working yet? It's okay. Continue wiring your mind. You just continue connecting the right wires. Don't worry. Are you hearing me? It might not be working yet, but you're connecting the right wires. The red is connecting to red. It's okay. One time, one time, one time, one wire will catch the right one and the light will go on. Wah! Somebody said, hallelujah, glory to God. Money answers. Can you open your mouth and say, I will never be poor. And I can only be rich for God. You know, we also have a class of people who think that every person who talks about money is unrighteous and they don't care about souls. Do you know how much we're spending for souls? Many of you don't have a clue. Are you hearing me? But you see, the Christian, the Christian has been so the best because of false doctrine. And me, this is my mandate. Every man has their own. Do what God called you to do. But I am doing exactly what God called me to do. To liberate men here. Somebody say I'm free. Say I am free. Yes, I am free. When I think about my health, I feel I am free. I know I am free. It doesn't matter what is in my body. It has no consequence. The prince of this world has nothing in me. His word works. I believe it. As the rain comes down and brings forth fruit through the seeds that are planted. I'm planting the seed of the word every day and his truth is watering. It's watering. It's watering. He giveth seed to the sower, the Bible says, and bread to the eater. In the New Testament, he says, now let he that giveth seed to the sower and bread to the eater multiply your fruit or increase the fruits of your righteousness. Have you realized that when Paul looked at this God, he saw the mind of God from giving seed to the sower, to the place of sowing it because it is given, <laughs> and bread to the eater. He's saying, you must see that I've given you before you learn to give. 
you can never be a giver unless you have a vision of how much I've given you. Not many Christians live in that realm. Many Christians live in the realm of the physical, what they have in their pocket, what they have planned and budgeted for. But you know, this money is for this. Let me tell you, budgets work for some Christians and I recommend them. But budgets don't work for certain Christians. And it might not sound wise, especially when your thoughts are far. Are you hearing me? But God does not budget. He just says, let there be. And there is. Because he's creating from the infinite. He's creating from the immeasurable. He can't run out. Can God run out of dust? He can't run out. He's creating from exceedingly abundantly above that which you can think or even ask. Somebody shout hallelujah. So, I'm not against budgets. I'm only saying that for some people. And if you're a budgeting person, budget. Because if you go out of that budget, you'll be in trouble. Are you hearing me? But the problem is when he that eateth judges he that eateth not, and he that eateth not judges he that eateth. If a man is under budget and it works, hallelujah, keep it up. But some people will never work under budget because budgets are limiting. They remind you that you're dealing with insufficient provision. <laughs> Yet, this man has told you that I'm able to do exceedingly, abundantly above that which you ask according to the working power that worketh in you. He says inside there, I have put things in you. You see, how far is the earth from heaven? Very far. But in Genesis, he said, these people being one mind, because they have one mind. He says, nothing that they think to do shall be restrained from them because they think it. That means there was an ability in man to build a building that would go to heaven. Some of you don't know how much is inside you. God has put so much in you. Why? Because he's in you now. He's not just a visitor. No, he's in you. Some people confuse encounters with visitations. No, listen. The new creation is not supposed to have visitations. The new creation is supposed to have encounters. Because God is indwelling. He doesn't leave us. Shout amen. amen. Shout glory to God. In Ephesians, the fourth chapter, 23rd verse, in the Amplified Version, it says, Be constantly renewed in the spirit of your mind, having a fresh mental and spiritual attitude, constantly. This is something you need to constantly do in your life and put on, he says, the new nature, the regenerated self, created in God's image, God-like in a true righteousness and holiness. He says, renew constantly your mind, the spirit of your mind, the spirit of your mind, the spirit of your mind. You must have a fresh mental and spiritual attitude. Every moment, refresh your brain, refresh your mind. Every moment, 
build a spiritual attitude of being like God in thought and in way. Let there be. And there was light. In fact, the literal Hebrew is translated as light be. When you read from the literal Hebrew, he doesn't say let there be. He says light be. That means he commanded light in its own essence to define and be defined and appear because the mind that says be was the very thought that created that light. So in his mind, when he creates light, he just tells it be. In other words, manifest yourself as I've thought you. Ah, yeah, 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 yeah. Somebody shout hallelujah. He's saying manifest yourself as I have thought you. When the church understands this, I know this is far for many people, but when, not if, because the church is coming for, <laughs> will eventually understand this. But when the church understands this, when the church understands this, and the man says, cancer sees, the man you believe and follow told you that you can actually speak to a mountain. And you know, what frustrates me is when people zero the word mountain to flu, is when they zero the word mountain to joblessness, is when they zero the word mountain to the little small issue she has with her husband, he has with his wife. Because in their mind, what has frustrated them at that moment becomes a mountain. God was not talking about just figures only. Deeper than that, listen, we are reading scriptures of men who stopped the sun and they said, I'm killing people and it's the way of the sun to go down but because I'm killing people and I need to kill all of them under the right light and the sun waits for a man to kill all the enemies. The Bible says the sun stood still and the moon stayed until the people avenged themselves upon their enemies. Don't limit God. Oh, but it's normal. The sun has to go down at the right time. You can't stop the sun. Listen, a man paused it. And the son said, I hear you, sir. Yet that man was not born again. That man was not of a new creation. That man did not have the mind of God. No. He just had experiences where the operation of the mind of God came upon him because he was not in the dispensation of the new birth. I'm telling you, we are going to enter places where men believe enough to tell a mountain, be removed from that place and be thrown into yonder place and it shall be so. Because God told us to move a mountain. You just need very, 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 very little faith. Small as a mustard seed. He said, you just need to, you don't need much. You just need this little to move a mountain. So I can imagine if a man had faith the size of a mango. Are you dreaming? Tell your neighbor, you believe in God. Or you're just playing church. 
Listen, some of us are ready to walk in air. We are ready. We are ready. We are ready. We're telling our minds every day we're ready to fly. You wake up in the morning and then you say, tomorrow I'm going to preach in China. Are you hearing me? Zoo, zoo. Because a man did it. The Bible says, Philip was found at Azotus. After dipping the Ethiopian eunuch and taking him up, right there, the man was saying, God bless you. Where did that guy go? And then he lands in Azotus. Wow. And he says, she, the spirit of God. He doesn't even testify about it. Why? Because it is a way of life. Are you watching a movie or you're believing God? Those days are coming. Where men will say tomorrow, I have a service in Germany. And at 6 p.m., I'll be in France. At 7 p.m., I'll be in Nigeria. And at 9 p.m., I'll be on my dinner table. And he's not cult. He's a believer. Yes, Is it impossible enough? Because <laughs> if it is impossible enough, then we are talking about God. Then we are with God. He says, with God, all things are possible. Somebody shout hallelujah. Days are coming where people are going to command money into their accounts and say, million dollars, be. Are you hearing me? That is why we're going to do different kinds of crusades. These crusades of 20, 40,000, we are skipping from them. No. Billions of people will be watching. That is what I see. It is possible. And we'll see hundreds and millions and millions and millions of people come into the saving knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. If you're not ready to do it, wait for the next generation. But whether you want it or not, the word of God has gone out. Somebody is going to do it. It must accomplish in a certain person listening to me. Just make sure you're part of them. Because the word has come out. And if I am true, fear. Because the generation coming will not be subject to your internet, whether your internet is on or off. Oh my goodness. A man will speak to YouTube and tell it, work whether internet is on or it's off. Because it's not by power, not by might, but by his spirit. Saith the Lord, a man will command a woman's womb and tell it, Get pregnant. And it will open. <laughs> With God, all things are possible. But we are limiting ourselves into spaces. And God is saying the problem is not even what you're thinking. The problem is that you don't know how my word works. Your thoughts are so far from the way I have made the word to work. Your thoughts are so far from the way I have made the word to work. I have met people who have incurable diseases and I have told them, you are healed. Without any formal prayer. I just said, you are healed. And somebody goes back to the doctor and they don't find sickness in that body. Why? Because every day I'm renewing my mind, the spirit of my mind. I'm refreshing my attitude. I'm building a spiritual attitude. I'm aligning my mental faculties to agree with divine judgment. And I'm seeing that every time my eyes open to that reality, everything is possible. Everything is possible. Everything is possible. Listen, I have done this journey for years. 
And I might not be where I want to be yet, but I'm somewhere. Something is happening. You just need to study some of us. Something's happening. Something is happening. And we're going to that every day. We're building it every day. I don't fall sick. I cannot fall sick. I can never be poor. I can never regress. I cannot go backward. My marriage will never fail. My children can never fail. I cannot die early. I'm building that mind because the mind that I'm connected to tells me to do so. It thinks those thoughts. It thinks thoughts of peace. It thinks to give me the expectation of my end. That is why many of you, your problem is not what God can do for you. Your problem is that your vision is so small. You can't imagine yourself sitting in a stadium. You can't imagine yourself ministering to a billion people, two billion people, three billion people. You cannot imagine yourself talking to kings and presidents, coming to your rising and being blessed. Gentiles coming to your light. You cannot imagine yourself rich. You cannot imagine yourself wise. You cannot imagine yourself sanctified and holy for God. You cannot imagine yourself free from sin. Some of you, the habits that are refusing to leave you is because you cannot see that actually that sin can walk out of your life even this very second. This very second. You just heard a guy giving testimony. As he continued listening, his body started agreeing with truth. I perhaps did not address the exact illness, but as I continued teaching, the man started to see the change in his body. Seizures leave. A man what? And God is just healing a person. Then you look back and realize, oh my God, the word is actually prospering in my life. Many of you should study your lives unless your heart is indifferent. But every man I know with a pure heart and has received from purity of spirit and this time judges, you will see that the word of God is working in your lives in ways beyond you are able. But this is the challenge. You're only believing for what you have seen before. It's the only challenge. Now provoke yourself to believe beyond. Now the word has come. It has gone into your ground. Do with it whatever you will. Glory to God. 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 Come and speak in other tongues. Passion works ever true, changing me and tending me. We have come with open hearts, all at Words of hope give us strength, help us call in this world where we roam. Ancient words will guide us, oh, measured words. 
ever true Changing me We have come Come and raise your voice and speak to God Raise your voice and speak to God decree upon your life that the word of God must work because it is made to work and that you are going to do things that we have never read or heard through you very normal woman you very simple man God is going to do exceedingly abundantly above that which you dare to ask or think I just provoke your spirit tonight to allow this renewal of the spirit of your mind that you'll get a fresh mental understanding a spiritual attitude of having the same mind that Christ has and walking and living in the ways in which he lives this is your word tonight and your life changes tonight totally totally in Jesus mighty name amen if you're sick you are healed you're healed. You're bound, you're free. Now, your marriage is restored. Your ministry is restored. Your health is restored. Your education is restored. Everything about you is restored in Jesus' mighty name. If you have never given your life to Christ, I want to give you an opportunity to receive him as your Lord and Savior. Bible says there's no name given. It's not there. In heaven, in earth, under earth, there is no name that is given whereby men are saved, save the name of Jesus Christ. So you just repeat this verse after me. You say, Lord Jesus, I thank you because you shed your blood for my sins and was raised for my glory tonight. I receive you as my personal Lord and Savior. I'm born again. The message you have just heard was brought to you by Fenero Ministries International. For more information, contact us on telephone number 41 466 
4291 or email us at funerocompala at gmail.com. You can also find us on the web at www.funero.org. Or better still, feel free to join us every Thursday for our weekly fellowships at Uma Multipurpose Hall from 5 p.m. to 8 p.m. You can also catch the live stream at livestream.com slash Fenero. Fenero. Make manifest.